0: Welcome to Frequencies, a podcast focusing on the diversity of the arts and cultural sector across Europe and beyond. I'm Maya Weisinger with Culture Action Europe. Each episode of Frequencies highlights an artist, artwork or cultural initiative that is focused on impacting and transforming communities. Today we explore the work of Ben Meyer, an artist and a photography student at the Royal Academy of Art in The Hague, Netherlands. In autumn of 2021, under the coordination of the organizations Creative Court in The Hague, Hedgeloud in Maastricht, and H401 in Amsterdam, Ben was selected to take part in a pan-European project, Amplify, Make the Future of Europe Yours, as a participant representing the Netherlands. Amplify, a project led by Culture Action Europe and co-funded by the European Parliament, aims at gathering the ideas and concerns of underrepresented voices within the cultural sector to take into the fold of EU-level decision-making. Partnering with organizations across 12 European countries, Amplify asked participants to bring ideas, proposals, recommendations and concerns about the vision of culture for the future of Europe. Alongside 10 other student artists, Ben proposed his art project focusing on the gig economy, an issue that he is interested in from an economic perspective, but also has a personal stake in the matter, as he is currently a delivery writer for Uber Eats and Deliveroo.
1: Hello, uh, my name is Ben Meyer. I'm currently studying photography at the Royal Academy of Arts. And mostly my work is evolving around the aftermath of, I would say, neoliberalism. I have a background in economics, and sometimes I also call myself a visual economist. So I'm working around themes that, in my opinion, uh, clash with ethical values in our society.
0: Tell me a little bit about the gig economy and why you're interested in it.
1: That's a relatively new part of our economy. It started, I guess, around 10 years ago, where like these first platforms came up, like Fiverr. I don't know if you remember, but you could like buy any kind of services for $5. So it was very new back then and it was exciting. You could just let someone draw something for you for this little amount of money. That was. A very interesting start that we are able to connect each other on a like worldwide kind of scheme. Um, but yeah, this economy also developed. And now I think around... We have in Europe almost 30 million workers who identify themselves as gig economy workers or they're also called platform workers. And... When starting studying at KBK, I also found myself within this economy. Uh, I started the job as uh, Uber Eats delivery rider, and also Deliveroo, also food delivery. Um, I I thought it's a nice uh, job besides studying, so I can have my work and then studying at the site, which I think is, is fair enough to do. Soon after, I realized, well, this job has some problems, I would say.
0: How do you connect this issue to your work as an artist?
1: I started already two years ago to make work about it, to film what I'm doing, to take photographs. And the pitch for Rabia was then um, focused on my work, on my past experiences within this economy. So it focuses on the labor conditions of food delivery riders. Um, And food delivery is kind of a, I would say, flagship branch of this economy. And in my opinion, I'm rather an employee or a freelancer. I'm somewhere in between because I don't really have an employer who tells me what to do but I don't have the freedom of freelancers. And the whole work is focusing on that issue and the precarity of especially the income because the income is also not secured. So the work I suggested to make a, something like a personal diary in form of photographs together with spoken word and sound. So the end result is a video which shows a kind of image, image slideshow, which then narrates through kind of the daily struggles of a food delivery rider, which is very much invisible for someone who orders food, because the only interaction is then just I ring the doorbell and I give the food and I say, I enjoy your you meal
2: clients desire to eat tacos burritos pizza pasta poke and noodles if they are hungry i'll be ringing at their door with freshly packaged food saying have a good day to everyone smiling and sweating climbing stairs and looking for elevators ring find the door ring again smile deliver all over again once more getting a new request running for the next delivery under a clear or dark sky on wet and dry streets Going against the wind, I pass through every season, finally reaching the restaurant, and then I wait. And then I wait.
1: The audio voice, the voice which is accompanying the image slideshow, is a computer generated voice with a human touch. And then has that has one specific reason because I wanted I want the algorithm to be present in the work, so this computer voice kind of represents the algor- algorithm.
2: A flock of impatient riders gathers outside the big fast food restaurant. This is no working time, it is just waiting. Our bodies are on standby, park for the algorithm we are just abstract points bounced from restaurants to customers the chain links of the pervasive structure that connects kitchens to mouths through digital wallets but we are still humans in flesh and bones and we need to eat too how much will i do today at the end of the
0: month in his exploration of how the gig economy affects those working in it ben says he first turned the camera to himself to give a sense of his surroundings and experience as a gig worker. But he also began to reach out to other workers, since the situation often happens that other writers are waiting at the same restaurants until the food they need to deliver is ready. On a day-to-day basis, he would approach fellow writers and ask questions like, do you think of yourself as a freelancer or an employee? He says this was a nice opening to exchange and dig deeper into people's experiences. Usually the conversation between writers focuses on if it's a busy day or not. Ben explains that if it's a busy day, workers get paid more. And if it's not busy, they probably just end up going home. He says these interactions were an important part of his research, because who better than actual people steeped in the gig economy to tell him about the problems, the struggles, and challenges. Ben also tried to reach out to the companies themselves, but found it near impossible to get in touch with anyone. However, he found that there is a lot of discourse currently happening about the gig economy, which further fueled him in creating his artwork.
1: For sure, which what was also very helpful is that people, also policymakers and researchers, already think about the issues of this economy. So there's a lot of reports also from... Uh, writer activists, which uh, release texts about it. I was very positively surprised that uh, already many others are thinking about about this issue, especially about the uh, the labor conditions and the precarity of the workers.
0: Ben has created other works that interact with the concept of how economic interests take precedence over the lived experiences of people. In one work, he examined the housing crisis by following students that couldn't find affordable housing and began squatting instead. He also addressed policymakers with this project, calling for there to be a bigger contribution to the conversation that is happening in the wider society. He is also currently working on a project about extractivism— reflecting on what humans are doing to the planet, and investigating extractivism as an economic necessity because of a societal dependency on natural resources. You mentioned your ethical values and how they sometimes clash when you were examining the field of economics through artistic practice. How does this show up for you?
1: So I, I believe especially as artists, we are living in kind of a precarity because our income is not stable so and I think this is one of my main inspirations that artists really do work a lot uh, but not get I would say fair pay or often are used by others to do free labor which um, I don't think is a fair situation also when when i look in our society um, especially the distribution of wealth is very unequally distributed so and and, and i think in my opinion it would be good if more or less we create an when it comes to income a more equal society
0: Rabia Ben-Labib is the founder and director of Creative Court, an initiative based in The Hague that develops both research-based art and arts-based research projects. Creative Court works with the Royal Academy of Arts as an educational partner, mainly with the Bachelor of Photography and the Master of Photography and society departments. When beginning the Amplify project, Rabia and Creative Court's collaborators took time to think about how to translate underrepresented voices into projects that inform policymakers across Europe. In doing so, they thought it was important to include emerging artists because they represent the future and have connections to societies in ways that organizations may not necessarily have. Rabia made a pitch about the project to the Bachelor of Photography class and five students' proposals, including Ben's, were selected.
3: My name is Rabia Ben-Lavid, and I'm the director of Creative Court, uh, an organization that works at the interface of arts and global justice um, from The Hague. Um, And at Creative Court, we develop um, arts-based research projects, uh, research-based art projects, and educational projects. And also these educational projects are very much research-based. In this case, um, um, I th- well, let me say that for Creative Court, it's all about um, stimulating empathy and reflection. We work from the notion that the arts can contribute to crucial these crucial qualities that we need for a peaceful world. And we're also trying to visualize um, uh, what a new world could look like working from and through uh,
0: creative um, methodologies. What was some of the thinking around how to connect artist projects to policy change actions? For me personally, it's not an aim. Uh, to really
3: create change through the project itself, but it is an aim to create uh, awareness and engagement so that the people who see the project or experience the project can decide for themselves what to do. And sometimes um, they actually take
0: action in, in one way or the other. What are some of the calls to action or changes you hope to evoke through your artwork?
1: I believe the main problem is the taxonomy of the gig economy workers. I already mentioned it like, is this freelancer or employee? And I believe we neither fit in one category. So, my main call to action would be that policymakers should question if there is maybe another category which would benefit the gig economy more than either employee or freelancer. And I would also, like secondary, I would say that, for example, the task allocations, the assessments and payments, silently done by the algorithm. So the workers, they don't have transparency over that. For example, if you are an employer somewhere, you have a contract. There is written everything, how how much you earn, what your bonuses are. But in this economy, it's not like that. It's all done behind doors. So I would also suggest there need to be some law enforcement about more transparency.
0: How do you think using artistic practices or interventions plays a role in communicating to decision makers?
1: Especially for my case, which I work a lot of with economic issues, um, everything is hidden behind numbers and reports, which are usually very, very hard to read, or it's a bit dry, it's a bit boring. It's not something you would read like on a Sunday evening. But I think the power in artistic practice is to make problems or issues, or themes visible. With my skills as a photographer, I can make it visual for people, I can make them relate to it, I can visually describe it in an easier form compared to economic report, but then also make them question this problem. For policymakers, I think, It's kind of the same, um, because they also know these problems only in numbers. They also can relate emotionally to these things they are discussing already. So I think it's then important uh, also to present them a different way, which they already know.
0: What is a hope or motivation you have for the future of how arts and culture shapes our society?
1: Our society is a very high pace. Things are changing very fast, and I think artists are in generally great in reflecting on what's happening in the moment. And I think we as a society sometimes we should take a step back and see what happened actually. So, and then artists are there with artworks and critical voices to see, hey. For example, this gig economy is a great chance, but as it is working now, it's maybe not as good as it could be so there i there I see a big chance of like reflecting artists to shape human conditions that are happening right now to a transformative act or a transformative uh, solution or to form the society to a more humane and fair, equal way.
0: Rabia says that art can create a sense of safety for people to open their minds on a cognitive level, but also in their hearts. She says it's important to make societal change that is felt, change that is sustainable. It's not about making changes that in a few years revert back to how they are now. She says it's more valuable for people to feel the sense of why it's important to fight for values such as equality.
3: Through the arts, we can create new visions for the future and contribute to the mindset that is necessary to to live such a future and to design such a future. Many of these ideas will be fictional ideas and won't be realistic, but I do feel that Also, these are very, very important because for me, the artists are not necessarily the ones who come up with solutions, but they create a certain or help create a certain mindset from which the solutions can sprout.
0: The exhibition, featuring Ben's work, along with 10 other artists, will open on Europe Day, the 9th of May, 2022, at the closing event for the Amplify project. You can find out how to tune in to the Amplify livestream to see the full digital exhibition on the Culture Action Europe website. I'm Maya Weisinger. Thank you for joining and we'll see you next time. Frequencies is a podcast that explores arts and cultural initiatives that seek to impact and transform communities near and far. Each episode features the work, voices, and experiences of artists and cultural workers across Europe and beyond. Frequencies, a production of Culture Action Europe, lives at the intersection of culture and politics by focusing on the power cultural practices and agents have in nurturing inclusive, open, diverse, fair, and democratic societies.